there are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The BMW i4 M50. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Experience the power of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. The complete suite of intuitive technology keeps you connected. The pure performance keeps your heart racing. The BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 40%. Terms apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. 
Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Y'all, welcome back to Her with Amina Brown. And I just want to give y'all a special shout out, all of my listeners. I am seeing y'all when I go into the back end of the podcasting, I'm seeing y'all listening on here. So I just want you to know you are appreciated. And I want you to know that I am very excited about the guest we have in our Her Living Room today. I want to welcome singer-songwriter and half of rock and roll country soul duo The War and Treaty. Let's welcome Tanya Trotter. Woo! Yay! Woo! I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you today. I'm so excited. Y'all, listen, let me tell y'all. First of all, I had the opportunity to meet Tanya and her husband. We were on the road together on the Together Live tour. Shout out to all of my Together Live folks that we got a chance to tour with in 2019. And I immediately struck up a conversation with Tanya and her husband talking about television. (laughs) We just Yes, and who knew we'd be doing this for the last, the next nine months, just watching series, (laughs) watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. They were like giving me tips on like different shows they had watched. And then there was some shows we all watched and we talked about it. Like we spent all the time before that show just talking TV. And of course, uh, getting a chance to uh, one of the things that's a big plus of being on a tour like Together Live is that you are on stage while everyone performs. 
And uh, those of us that are touring artists, that's not always the case, you know. So getting a chance to be on stage together and experience each other's performances, which is how I got a chance to hear Michael and Tanya Trotter do the thing. And if y'all haven't heard this music, y'all need to go do that. Don't go do it yet because we about to talk. But after we talk... (laughs) Y'all need to go do that because it is just, I mean, I've been in that room. We also uh, had a chance to perform at Makers Conference, um, sharing stage together there. And just, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Well, thank you. And we experienced you and you are incredible. I mean, there are, you know, people use words like cliche words, like incredible, phenomenal. She's so amazing. But you, I mean, just breathtaking. You know, we talk about it all the time, just how you're able to capture uh, the audience with your words. And they're like holding on to every thing that comes out of your mouth. And, you know, I'm just so uh, happy that we had an opportunity to experience you. And we all made that human connection that we made uh, during that tour of time. Yes, y'all. I'm telling y'all, when the pandemic is over, I don't know where the war and treaty going to be on tour, but I'm just going to go there. <laughs> Just uninvited. <laughs> I'm going to go there and be like, I'm sorry. I thought we was doing this together. It's not. I thought we was doing this together. I'm just going to show up there because that's that's how I feel about it. So first of all, Tanya, I want you to know that the Warren Treaty, as a duo, you all have fans. And individually, you all have fans as well because I was telling a couple of people that I was interviewing you today and they were so excited. They were like, oh my gosh, yes. I want to hear everything. I want to know everything. So Tanya, (laughs) I want to talk about the duo of the war and treaty, but can you tell us a little bit about your half of the duo? You have been singing, writing songs. You have also been involved in film. You've just had a lot of different experiences in the entertainment industry. So this is what I want you to do. Start me out. And like, if you think of yourself when you were first entering the beginnings of the entertainment industry, did you expect entering it then what the music would become now? I had no clue. I started out... um, in church, like most people, you know, uh, singing on the choir. And my mom was from Panama. So in my household, it was gospel music. It was Calypso music. It was classical music. And then uh, being from Washington, D.C., it was go-go music. You know, it was uh, all different, a plethora of uh, music just flowing through my household and flowing through my church and my community. And I just knew that I wanted to do music. I knew that there was once I heard my brother sing one Sunday morning, I think I was about six or seven years old. I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I didn't know how I would do it or what uh, avenues I would go about doing it. So I started doing talent shows and getting in a pageant, uh, the Hal Jackson Talent and Teen Pageant, which was really big, you know, in the 90s. And I won that pageant. Then I went to you know, high school and studied music there and Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And from Duke Ellington School of the Arts, um, I went back to Potomac High School, where I ended up getting a scholarship to Morgan State University for vocal music. Wow. And um, in the process of doing that, I was at this time 17 years old, about to enter college. And I um, entered this talent contest. It was called Big Break. And the legendary, uh, now late, great 
Natalie Cole was the host. Wow. And I performed on that show and a record company saw me uh, performing on that show and they reached out to my school at the time. And they were like, we want to give you a contract. So I went to New York with my mom and ended up signing a contract with a company who was managing Melba Moore. These are people like I, you know, Pearly, Melba Moore, you know, back in the day being uh, on Broadway. I was obsessed with her voice and her being able to hold this note. So the thought that Melba Moore's management company had any deal wanted to do with me at all, I was like, yes. So I signed with them. And, um, and then Sister Act 2 opportunity came up, you know, and that was something that we all kind of just auditioned for, not knowing what would happen from that. And I did that and ended up in that movie, put out a record. And right when the record came out, I remember touring with all the big acts, you know, Ashley Simpson, Freddie Jackson, who were also very kind to me. I remember one day and I was just like, I don't want to do it this way. I want to do something different. You know, I like Leontine Price and Kathleen Battle and Tina Turner and Dolly Parton. And I like all these different styles of music, but I was stuck in this box of just doing R&B, you know, that at that time they had the black music division and the A&R division and you were a black artist and you mm. only at your show saw black faces. But my best friend, one of my best friends was white. And I'm like, well, why can't I just do music that it's just good music, you know? And so at that time, I told my manager that I didn't, you know, didn't know what to do. So we went on and we kept touring and doing things like that. And we ended up leaving this particular label. And I signed briefly with Sean Combs at Bad Boy. Mm. And that experience was definitely not what I knew I wanted my career to be. Not that it was a bad experience. I just I knew I wasn't a hip hop artist. I knew that this wasn't the path for me. But in that process, I learned a lot about the business. And so I left there, you know, they recorded so much music for me. I, that's where I start writing for Shanice Wilson. And I wrote with Heavy D and a couple, uh, you know, a lot of big name artists um, at that time. So I left. And this is the funny part. And I decided in the middle of my career that I wanted to go to hair school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So people are like, what happens behind your butt? I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it this way. I'm going through some kind of spiritual awakening. I don't know what's happening with me. I, I'm trying to hear this voice that I'm hearing everybody talk about since I was seven years old sitting in the, you know, Baptist pews. So I went to hair school. And I did that for about, I would say, seven to eight years. I was a, I also, I dibble and dabble in music where I would kind of teach worship teams and stuff like that. But I knew that that wasn't it either. You know, I wasn't just going to be a worship leader. There was more. And I could take the experience from worship, the experience from gospel, the experience from R&B, Christian, uh, my dad from New Bern, North Carolina. I could take that country experience that I had sitting on the front porch with my grandparents, drinking iced tea and playing in the pond, you know, with the frogs and the cows and, you know, the pigs. I could take that country experience and there was going to be an opportunity where I could one day mesh all this together. And fast forwarding, I met my husband. I heard him perform at this love festival out in Law, Maryland. He was incredible. I mean, the lyrics, everything. It just like rushed from the stage to where I was in the middle of the field. And I'm like, who is this guy? 
who could be this vulnerable with music? Who could, you know, because that's what I wanted. I wanted to meet someone who would once again ignite not just the fire for music in me, but the fire for life. Yeah. Because I lost my sense of life. And we met and not right away did we start doing music um, because my brother was trying to record. So I was working with him at the time doing some stuff. And I asked Michael to write us a couple of songs for a project that we were going to possibly do. So he did that. And um, my brother didn't make a rehearsal. Michael did some reference vocals to the track. One of my girlfriends heard the song and was like, do you guys hear this? Do you hear what you guys are doing? And we were like, yeah. And we kind of just brushed it off. You know, six months later, we get married. We don't sing together for three years. Wow. So the war and treaty didn't happen (laughs) with music. We just fell in love. It was like every day we're together. We're like, I'm just wanting whatever this energy is that he has, you know, this incredible human being. So we get married and, you know, I find out that he's uh, a wounded warrior and he starts letting me in on why he writes the songs as fast as he does and wh- and as deep as he does. And and it clicked. We started singing together. He started letting me into his world. And that was the birth of the war and treaty. Wow. That was it. <laughs> and I knew right away when he started writing these songs, I was like, I can do music again. Because it's honest. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. I don't have to, you know, uh, put on a mini dress and toss around in some heels and sing songs that I don't really like, you know, just right. to sell a record. I didn't want to do that. And that's what we did. We we got in our van with our little baby and we toured the country. Coffee shops, sometimes two people would show up. Sometimes five people would show up. And I started all over. I started from scratch and people thought Tanya Blunt was dead. I would read articles about it and people were like, did you see this? My friends are like, they're saying you're dead. You got to put on the record. I was like, I am. I'm dead to that life. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I'm dead to that. And I'm born again in this. So that's my quick spill of how I got to the war and treaty, you know, and the spiritual experience that it was because it was very spiritual getting to this place. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two (laughs) things you said that really hit home to me. The most ignorant part is because, I mean, I can sing enough to like hold a note, but I should, I should really be with (laughs) others like in a choir type of situation. I shouldn't be alone singing, (laughs) you know, but because like, I don't have that gift. I just always imagine people who can like really sing are just like walking around their house all the time singing. So my mind is like, how could these two vocalists like, which is probably why I didn't get the gift, because if I was married to somebody that could sing like the two of y'all could sing, like if I could sing and he could sing, I feel like I would just be walking around the house and like just singing random (laughs) words all the time for nothing. So I just can't even imagine that. But I think that's a beautiful part of the story in that the foundations were the love and the relationship and then building the ability to be partners in in art and in business. I think it's beautiful that the foundation was you all being in love with each other and walking through life, walking through all of the, the ups and downs that life is going to bring. The other thing you said that I thought was so important, and I have given this advice when I've done talks with college students that are are artists, you know, or performing artists. And they're always like, I'm about to graduate from college. You know, what should I do? And I'm always like, you should get a job. 
I feel like it's always like the unsexy advice because I think they're hoping I'm going to say you should go on tour right away or you should make an album. You should do those things too. But even, you know, you, you telling that story, all of these experiences you had in the industry and then you coming to that point where you were like, I'm about to go to cosmetology school and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. And yeah. I'm going to just do that for a while. But yeah. like, that's life. That's, those are, those experiences are where, you know, for me, the poems, they come from. Mm-hmm. They, they come from the life yeah. that, you know, we live, whatever that looks like. And I'm like, sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is take a break from some of this and just get you a job. <laughs> that is so true. Until you can, because your art form, it's an energy that's, that's like it surges it pushes through an atmosphere so whenever you're putting out art it's not like a hairstyle where you'll do someone's hair and it's great for that photo and when they wash it it goes away music never goes away like people can always find this energy that you put into this this world and i'm like i don't want to put songs that i don't feel good about into the world you know or energy into the world so the best thing i could do is like you said is go sit down somewhere until i figured out what is my energy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who am I in all of this? Because I started so young. I started, record, you know, record deal at 17, right out of high school, you know? Wow. It's just, it's just amazing to think about. And I, and I hope for any of you all listening that are artists, I think the other thing that you said that really encouraged me is sometimes as an artist, it's challenging to balance finding your own voice and honoring your own creativity while being in the middle of a business as well and doing what you have to do to take care of your soul, to honor your creative person, even if that goes against what air quotes the business says you should be at that point or you should be doing or you should be sounding like this or that when really um, so much of it is about you coming to sound like yourself, you know, and continuing to Mm -hmm. become you know, who you are as you grow and experience different things. I thought that was so powerful. I do have another question, which is somewhat selfish because my husband and I also work together. We have performed together as a duo before. um, And that was fascinating because we work very differently. Uh, I need a lot of like quiet and, you know, jazz and stuff in order to like write my poems. And my husband as a DJ, as a music producer, like he could watch a cartoon and get inspired from that or watch a stand-up comedian or just grab some things and make some noise. So when we tried creating in the same room, we were like, no, we can't do this. (laughs) We can't do this like in the same room like this. So what has it been like being married to your duo partner also? Because there are people that perform together, but they don't have the other part of their life that they live together. They're not romantic partners. They're not parenting together. So what have been some of the lessons you've learned as you and your husband have navigated that? There's not a blueprint for us. You know, there are no people like, don't you get sick of each other? And don't you need your space? There's none of that. Like we wake up, and whatever the day is going to give us, we kind of take it. Sometimes Michael will say, hey, look, let's, let's rehearse. And I'll just pretty much say, okay, maybe we can rehearse at this time. So that's the lead in it because I do more, you know, around the house. For the most part, you know, I'm the person that does most of that when we're home. And we travel with our son, so I homeschool him as well. Mm. So the creative side of it is really more so 
Michael is the writer. I write very minimum. I'm, I'm writing on the new stuff that we're doing, but he'll bring me a batch of songs and he'll say, okay, I'm thinking about us going this way with the war and treaty. What do you think? And I'll say, nah, or I'll say, yeah. And then we'll start just crafting what we want to talk about, you know, and we'll have these songs and Michael will bring them to me. And then we kind of just chop them down. If we started with 50, we may end up agreeing on 12 to 14 songs together. But the balance is there is no balance. It's mm-hmm. really hard when I hear people say, you know, we try to balance it. I just don't, there's not one, you know, when I feel like I don't want to record or I don't want to sing today, I'll just say to him, I don't want to do that right now. And he'll say, okay, let's watch a movie. And here you go. We'll watch a series for two days. <laughs> you know, we'll watch a television series or something like that, you know, to break up the monotony of doing music all the time. So that's our balance, you know. I love that. And I do feel like, mm-hmm. you know, for my husband and I being being life partners and business partners as well, it is this it is this interesting. I, I don't. I don't know. I wish I need to come up with a better word for it because I feel like, like you're right. I feel like balance is not the word that I want to put there. Yeah. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that overlap, I guess, in that experience for us. That there are times we are creating, you know, work together, and then there are times we're talking about work, but it's not just talking about business. It's talking about the part of our hearts that you know, Mm -hmm. wants to figure out what we feel like we want to create and how that affects us even as people, you know? So to your point, it's definitely not something that's like at 8 p.m. that just turns off and (laughs) we gonna wait till tomorrow at 7 a.m. to continue that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we don't have a balance. It's it's really hard to, to do that. I mean, like now Michael is, you know, recording and doing in the studio. We have a little studio in our home now since the pandemic hit. So, you know, at any moment we can go in there and just start creating and we rehearse with our band as well here. So, you know, we just, it depends on how I feel. I've learned one thing that the pandemic has taught me and I've kind of always tried to live this, but I've now, I had to practice it. It's taking day by day, taking every day, every minute, every second for what it is, you know, and if if you have a schedule, then great. You you know, you have a, a Zoom call or a phone call or a rehearsal or a show. You take that and but you don't plan your whole life around that. You know what I mean? It's it's something that you have to do for work, but my life isn't work. Mm. You know, there's so many other things that fulfill me dur- throughout the day. And so I've gotten into this thing where I'm like, okay, how can I create this day to be what I want it to be? You know, in spite of all the work that I have to do. And sometimes that's plugging out and just saying, hey, babe, I can't, I don't want to record today, you know? And then other days, it's like, hey, look, let's do this, you know? Oh, I love that. I I love that you (laughs) you brought up that word create in in our everyday life, you know, like what's the day that I want to create today? Yeah. Uh, Which I think even broadens, you know, a lot of times, obviously, you know, as artists, we, we think about creativity in that way. But I have a lot of friends who are like, but I'm not an artist. And I'm like, but there's a lot of ways to be a part of creativity that are Mm -hmm. in our everyday life. You know, even if you're not painting or doing choreography or other things that people think are are outwardly, you know, creative. There are ways we can create joy or create space for memories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's different Mm -hmm. things we can do like that that also are really important to life. And I do think this time of the pandemic has 
you know, obviously the year has been, you know, trash in some ways. But in other ways, I think it has like helped us, you know, a lot of us really focus in on what's important to us and what really matters and sort of like paring that down, which I think, you know, is a good process. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability and big savings you want get spectrum one just $49.99 a month for 12 months visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details offer subject to change valid for qualified residential customers only service not available in all areas restrictions apply okay i want to talk about hartstown i'm always curious about how albums get made because i am not a musician myself but i'm a big music fan you know so whenever you listen to someone's whole album in particular, you know, and especially when you're listening to that from singers who are also writing this music. I mean, there's something so rich about listening to that, but I'm always like, oh my gosh, how do you even go about making an album? I know, I mean, I'm sure for like singers, songwriters, (laughs) musicians, it's, I don't know if it's like old hat, but for me, I'm like, as a fan, I'm like, how do you do this? So you talked about earlier 
that sometimes y'all will have bunches of songs. You might have 40 or 50 songs, and then you're sort of narrowing that down to the album. Like, how does that list of songs become an album like Hearthstone? Well, we have an interesting process. What we used to do before the pandemic hit again, as we were touring. So we did, you know, year before last, or I guess it was 2019, 2018, we, all the songs you hear on Hearthstone, we actually toured with those songs. So we would, we would perform them and let our fans tell us which songs they loved. So a song like Five More Minutes on Hearthstone, we actually have been doing that song for a year. And when the album came out, the fans were like, oh my God, we're so happy you released Five More Minutes, as well as us performing Hearthstone. So we tested them on our fans to see what they wanted to hear. And not that you make a record based off of what your fans want to hear, but they're the ones that have to buy it, you know? And then we started to notice on the road that people would send us a lot of messages, you know, through Facebook and Instagram about their personal lives because we're so open with, of course, Michael has PTSD and I've suffered from depression before. We both like to eat. So, you know, we're not skinny people, we're weight people. So we talk about our struggles with, you know, weight and PTSD, combat, him being a combat veteran and us touring with our, our nine-year-old now homeschooling. So we took all these different things that we were doing on stage and we were talking about them and the fans just started talking back to us, you know, so we, they would text us and, or email us or whatever and say, I'm suffering from cancer. You know, your song helped me through my treatment or I'm wow. going through this with my the spouse, can you all give us a call to talk about our marriage? And we just started creating this community of people, you know, whether they were gay, they were straight, they were Democrat, Republican, white, Hispanic, whatever they were, they would call us, you know, and we would respond to them on social media. And we kind of created this family and we started a group on Facebook called Heartstown. It's a community, probably about 4,000 people now, but it started with nothing. And they're on there encouraging each other now and accepting each other. And when, you know, we talk about the moments with the song Five More Minutes where that was, you know, Michael having a PTSD moment where he wanted to die by suicide. And we talk about that. So you have a community of people who now no longer are living in the stigma of having to hide because they are gay or having to hide because they may have tried to commit suicide. You know, two or two or three days ago, they put it up on in Hartstown, and we wrapped these songs uh, around them, and it became the album. So you have songs like Five More Minutes, you have songs like Lonely and My Grief, which we were doing two years ago, before even the social uh, justice uh, Black Lives Matter actually blew up the way it did. Wow. And we were talking about it because we are in, you know, as African American artists, it's not. It's probably a handful of us that are doing Americana style music. So we had our challenges as African-American artists on the road, you know, going to some of these places where people treated us different or it would just be one black act on an entire festival of 100 people. Right. You know what I mean? 100 acts. So we talk about being lonely in our grief, you know, lonely uh, in the process of being black people and nobody standing up and saying, hey, why aren't there more black people on festivals or uh, you know, in Americano, whatever the case may be. And we did it in love. So we put that song on the record. Hey, Pretty Moon. We talk about mm. uh, 
that. We talk about jealousy, a, a song, you know, called Jealousy. And these songs kind of just came from an honest place of where we are and where we were over the last 24 months. And that's how the record uh, came about. Oh, I love that. And just even having experienced some of the songs on Hartstown live and just how, like rich is the only word I can think of, Tanya, to describe that. But I think think what's really beautiful and what's important about the music that the two of you are making is that it does make people feel heard and seen and known, Mm -hmm. you know, even if they're in the audience and they never may get a chance to get their story to the two of you. But hearing the two of you share those stories and sing those songs, it's making people feel understood. And I think that is the power of music and of writing. It's our hope, those of us that are making art Mm -hmm. like this, you know, it's our hope that as we're pouring our soul into what we're doing, that that translates for somebody sitting there who may be going through PTSD, but they don't even have the words to describe how that Mm -hmm. experience is impacting them. And they hear this music and they're like, there's the language. You know, there are the words that I couldn't say. And I also have experienced just a grief that's so heavy, it just takes my speech away almost. And when I hear it come back to me in a song, it's 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 just such a beautiful experience for me to think I I was so deep in sadness. I couldn't bring the words to that. But here mm-hmm. comes a musician. Here comes a singer and a songwriter that can give language to an experience that we know as human beings. Yeah. Yeah, you you nailed it. And it's really you know I, I really live on this principle that you know, you can't love a person if you're judging them, yeah, you know, you can't, if they don't feel accepted, if they don't feel like you hear them, you can never really sustain anything, not a relationship, not a fan base. I call it fanship, not a fanship. Oh, anything that. with a ship behind it <laughs> can't be established unless there's some level of respect, love and acceptance. And I'm, and I'm, that's what we, and honesty, and that's what we give our fans. You know, we're completely vulnerable uh with them and and transparent sometimes to maybe our own detriment but I mean they what what more can you give we give our hearts we give it all and there's no we don't hold back so oh yes okay I have some music (laughs) questions that I want to ask you Tanya maybe you will give the people some things they can add to their different playlists on all the places where you can make a playlist my first question to you is (laughs) What is the first song, or even if it's a couple of songs, what's the first song that you remember learning to sing? First song I learned was a church song. It was called It's Gonna Rain. And I can't remember who the artist was, but I remember singing that song. The first song I sang, which was like an R&B song publicly, was Anita Baker's No One in the World. It's a good choice. (laughs) It's a good choice right there. Mm, yes. Okay. Now you may, this, this may be, it's not a hard question, but I feel like when you are an artist, it's like, how can I pick from all these things? But I know sometimes as a poet, it's not that I can say I love any of my poems more than the other, but I go through seasons of time where there might be one poem that in that time, that's my favorite one to do or to perform. Do you have a favorite 
the war and treaty song right now that you're like, that's the one I love to sing? I'm going to say off of the Hartstown record, Hey Pretty Moon. Mm, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful one. Oof, yes. I love that. I love that song. <laughs> what is your favorite cover to sing? Well, not cover. I don't do well with covering songs, but I do. I love listening to anything Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah oh, Barnes, um, that kind of music. You know, I, I never, and I'm a vocalist, so I listen to a lot of singers and how they interpret songs. Mm. And, and, I don't, and I'm like, I can't ever even try to do it that way. But so I, don't, I don't know. I can't really say that I have one. I can't really say. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, for, for those of us who are listening that like can't sing, I'm, I'm like, what about this? What about this? <laughs> yeah, tell me, tell me what, what, what? Me like, some, okay, well, I'll tell you, suggestion. I'll tell you one of mine, which is not a cover. Cause like I told you, I can't be seen really singing publicly by myself, but the person whose music I sing, like it's my concert when I'm by myself is India Ari. She's like my person. Like oh, I'm in the shower, I'm yeah, in the car. <laughs> I'm like, in, a, in my mind, I'm hitting all the notes. I'm hitting all the same notes that she's hitting. If somebody else were in the car, they would be like, that's not, you're not doing, that's not it. That's not it. But in, in my mind, I'm like, me and India are in here doing an equal duet. I'm singing just as good as she okay, is. Okay, so I'm going to say this. I would have to say um, uh, Mahalia Jackson. Yeah. I'm going way back. Yeah. Just the way she just attacks a lyric is insane to me. You know, her interpretation. I would have to say her. Oh, I love it. Yeah, she gets it. And on the countryside, Patsy Klein, oh, yes. people like that. You know, their voices are just crazy. You know, yes. Patsy Klein singing that song is insane. So, oh, yeah. so good. Okay, this is a follow up question to that. Do you have a favorite music diva? And I know that I'm leaving that definition to be relative because there's a lot there's a lot of names that could go there. I mean, that could be Dolly Parton. That could be Shaka Khan. You know, it could be Reba McIntyre. There's a lot, yeah. of, there's a lot of divas. Yeah. yeah. But do you have a favorite music diva or a couple of them? And if so, who would be some of your like favorite music divas? I'm going to have to say... Of course, the queen herself, Aretha Franklin. Yes. Um, the late great uh, Pat LaBelle. You know, of mm. course, her voice is, and she's in her seventies, and she's still slaying. Of uh, Dolly Parton, of course. Um, I'm, I love Brandy Carlisle. You know, she's oh, yeah. incredible. Um, Valerie June. These are all newer artists, like Valerie June, mm. Brandy Carlisle, um, uh, Cindy Lauper. Oh. You know, it's my girl. Um, let me think. The list just goes. Oof, dead and alive, you know, the list yeah. goes on and on. Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald, mm. um, God, I can't even keep going. The list, the list is extensive. You know, Amy Lou Harris, the list is very long. So, <laughs> so many divas. And it's been interesting to me to think too, I mean, of course, part of this is like, oh, I'm getting older. But it's interesting to me to think like, you know, when I think about you know, I think about like my mom's generation's music and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I can look at their generation and be like, okay, here were the divas of that era of music. And then mm-hmm. I think about the music I loved when I was, you know, maybe that like high school into my like early to mid 20s. And now, mm-hmm. you know, we sort of get to a point when we get in our 30s and 40s that we can then look at the music that we grew up with, the people that were our contemporaries that 
are going to make that diva canon, which has been like exciting to me to watch, you know? Because when you're young and you're listening to Aretha, you're like, oh my gosh, that, I mean, here is this diva of that era, but I wasn't born to get to Mm -hmm. go to the, (laughs) you know, show. Yeah see her do that in person. Like, there's so many times I'm like, I just wish I could, like, if I could go back in time, I would want to see her live. I would want to see Marvin Gaye. That's like, I mean, do you have artists like that? Sam and Dave. Yeah. You know, Sam and Dave, you know, all those those cats, Otis Redding, just be able to experience them, you know, in their prime Mm -hmm. is insane. I would have just lost all of my mind. (laughs) everything and the fashions okay and let me I do have one more music question but I do need to step in here and discuss the fashions Tanya because you are also about these vintage fashions can you discuss like how how did you come to you already described to us how you came to find your voice musically and you also have come to find this fabulous and gorgeous look like when I look at the oh. fashion of you. So talk about that. What was the process like of you finding sort of this is my style or how my style is evolving? Yeah, it evolved from, of course, Anita Baker, a Julie Andrews style short, you know, 1950s pixie cut. And I, my mother passed away five years ago. This will make five years of mm. this past Thanksgiving. And she was from Panama. My grandmother was a seamstress wow. in Panama. And my mother's friends were seamstress. And they would get all these expensive clothes from the house that my grandmother and my, my mom, and they lived in. They lived with a rich family in the basement. And my grandmother made clothes for this family in Panama. My grandmother was from Costa Rica, so she would have these, my mother would have this beautiful lace and beautiful fabric growing up. And I remember as a kid, I would always like certain things and she would never just buy cheap fabric. And if I did come home with something that was cheap, she was like, you don't want to get that because you want to be able to have this in 10 years. Mm. And when she passed away, I um, got a couple of, I was willed some of her things, you know, like her sweaters and her purses and uh, some of her jewelry. And I was living in a little town called Albion, Michigan. And this place just happened to be a historic area and they had a ton of vintage stores. So the home we were living in was from, it was built in the 1900s, actually it was wow. built in 1900. And so you had these, this beautiful wood and these beautiful big bay windows and the hardwood floors and uh, all of the, a lot of the artifacts from that era And it was like something inside of me just exploded when I was there. And I would start going to the, even the thrift stores had this fine fabric that my mother, you know, introduced me to as a young child and the detail of the clothes, you know, the cape coats and the uh, 1950 swing dresses or the 1970s dresses where the detail was just so incredible. And I fell in love with the detail. And I was like, this is like, if you watch that movie, uh, Lovecraft Country, yeah. where it's like a portal and they jump in and out of the portal, I was like, oh my God, I just jumped into the 1950s. I'm here. And I and something happened, you know, and 
I just happened to start dressing like that and then got involved in a community, a pinup community, where I could find these clothes overseas in like London and Amsterdam and New Zealand and where it's very popular over there for a lot of the girls to still dress like this. And that was it for me. And I was stuck. I was like, this is it. I want nothing else with my life. (laughs) I'm stuck. So the turbans and the cape coats and the long opera gloves, things that in that era, you know, from the 40s to even the 60s, people just dressed like that every day. It wasn't like, I didn't see any any pictures of my mother or in growing up when my mother wore tennis shoes. Maybe when we went to... King's Dominion or an amusement park or somewhere, or she went walking with me, but, you know, things that we wear every day now that are common for us, yoga pants, and that was for the gym. There was a specific place for you to wear sweat clothes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that was my, so that's what I saw. And I never even saw my mother until she started getting older, you know, maybe five years before she passed, wear pants. So I went through my whole life seeing this woman where dresses that just touched below the knee, you know, and, but they were fitted dresses. They weren't like, they were the wiggle dresses. They were still sexy dresses, you know, and I fell in love with it. And it's been what I am just attracted to. My soul is just attracted to that energy. And when I see it, I'm like, I got to wear this. I I have to put this on, even if I'm the only one walking around looking like I'm in costume. (laughs) But, I mean, it's, it's gorgeous, <laughs> like, just having seen your style and, of course, following you on Instagram and, like, seeing all of these amazing styles and all this fashion. I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous, Tanya. And Aww. and I think that's really, you know, important to, you know, and all not all of my listeners are women, but I know for a lot of us uh, who are women, it's, you know, finding fashion can be this other place where you get to find your voice and find, you know, who who you are and how you want to express that, you know, through your clothing. And yes, girl, you did yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Last question I want to ask you is when you need some joy, what are your favorite songs to listen to right now? Oh, Michael wrote this song called Joy, Don't You Go. Mm-hmm. And it's like a John Lennon style song. And he actually be not even because he's my husband. I'll tell you a story. When I first met him, he had this CD called Shift. And I bought six CDs. It was like a Christian rock kind of thing. And I bought six CDs. And I played that record to death. People were stealing it from me. I bought so many. They were like, we're taking it because we're sick of hearing it. <laughs> but he's my favorite songwriter, mm. you know. And I think it's because of how far in he'll allow himself to write. Um, so this is a song, that song, Joy Don't You Go, um, anything by Mahalia Jackson, when I want to feel closer to the universe, when mm. I want to feel, you know, get my soul into that place. Um, oh, there's a song called Oceans. I can't remember. I think it's a Hillsong song. Mm. And I, it's one of my favorites when I, when I want to feel close to who I am and what, what my purpose is. I listen to that song as mm. well. You know? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Y'all, <laughs> thank you to Tanya Trotter for coming on here, inspiring us, telling us your story, Tanya, getting to hear 
some of the music that you love, getting to hear how you make the music that we love as well. Tanya, thank you so much for joining me. I will definitely be letting everyone know how they can follow, but you can listen to Hearthstown. I'm going to tell y'all that right now. You can listen to Hearthstown <laughs> wherever you listen to music. Go to there. Go to there and listen to it. And I heard a rumor Hearthstown be on vinyl too for the people that, you know, want to be involved in that. It's a lot of things you could be doing, but just go to there and listen to Hearthstown. Tanya, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and just being the beautiful light that you are. Love you to death and life. (laughs) Thanks again to Tanya Trotter from The War and Treaty. And I'm not playing. Y'all need to go and listen to that music. You can check out their website, thewarandtreaty.com. You can listen to their newest album, Heartstown, wherever you like to stream your music. You can follow them at The War and Treaty on Instagram. And you can follow Tanya at she underscore loves vintage on Instagram. And of course, don't forget, you don't have to remember all this in case you're driving or otherwise indisposed. Uh, all of this information will be on the show notes at aminabrown.com slash her with Amina. You can find notes, links to the different things that I talk to guests about. So make sure you check that out. And I hope you're following me already. But if you're not, follow me at Amina B-E-E, at Amina B on Instagram. I would love to connect with you. I would love to engage with you, hear your thoughts about these episodes. You can also find on my Instagram, there are some different clips and questions there following up on some of the content we're talking about on the podcast. So I'd love to engage with you there. This week's Give Her a Crown is a shout-out to Mara Lighty and Naomi Hirabayashi, co-founders and co-CEOs of Shine, an award-winning self-care app and community for people with anxiety and depression. I use Shine myself, and let me tell you, to know that there is an app like this with meditation and sleep stories and so much more, founded by two women of color— And hearing the voices of women of color as I meditate or take some time to calm my mind while using the app means the world. If you are looking for an app that centers women of color and encourages self-care, I highly recommend the Shine app. Mara and Naomi, thank you for paving the way for women of color in startups and for encouraging conversation around mental health and self-care. Mara and Naomi, give them a crown. Her with Amina Brown is produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions as a part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network in partnership with iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.